This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You know, it's, it's just like his own reality show. Mackey and Judd. I love it. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Judd. I feel like Mr. Like the Mr. Fix-It, which is usually you on this show, has kind of outsourced some of these fixing segments to other people. It's, it's been good. Like, you have almost an army of people trying to fix it. It's sports. weekly now, so lots of work. Yeah, you don't want to have to be responsible for Unlike every Tibbs, fix. I, I've got faith in my staff. You're like the fix evaluator now, too. You're yeah. like the talking head panel pre-post game show for other people who are trying well, to fix sure. things. Well, sure, yeah, that's fine. That's great. The fix-it estimator. He goes out to the job site, <laughs> takes a look, uh-huh. gives you an estimate. All right, I'll send out the crew. I shake my head. Yeah. Has a little clipboard. Grab a beer, and then I'm done for the day. <laughs> then so, I assess. All so right. uh, the Mr. Fix-It segment is sponsored by Mike Hilborn and the crew at Roof to Deck, which we'll hear more about here in just a couple minutes, but... I, I, maybe you have more details on this, but Jim Cott over the weekend, or was it last week sometime, Jim Cott suggesting, was it on his Twitter account? The Athletic actually the Athletic, okay. wrote this piece, yes. Jim Cott suggesting that baseball should shorten its games from nine innings to seven innings. Mm-hmm. That's how he would fix baseball. It fixes pace of play, at least to some degree. Like You'd still have long seven innings, but uh, like if each... If each inning takes about 20 minutes or so to complete a top and a bottom half, you'd be instantly cutting off 40 to 45 minutes, so it'd be snappier. Yep. What do you think of that, Mr. Fix-It? Jim Cott, legendary old-school guy. A lot of old-school baseball people are very averse to changes like this. But 79 he, years old. Yeah. I think that while while going to seven might be a bit dramatic, I love the idea. And I think that the smart thing is, Cott's point in this piece was the pace of play changes are, that's great, but it's not going to, to change things drastically. You're still going yeah. to have the same it's problems a, they're creep nickel back and diming, in. Yeah. And, and then uh, they, they eventually said, well, but aren't the uh, statistical people going to go absolutely crazy because this game has been nine in- innings since the 1800s and now you're going to change it to seven? And his point was, well, yeah, they might, but you've had DHs, you've had, you know, rule changes come in. Let's see. He said expansion, the DH, 13-man pitching staffs. Stadiums have changed. Steroids, he said, livelier bats. Uh, so I like this idea. I like it because I think baseball and old school fans like myself might not like this, but I think baseball needs to do something drastic. I think if you are truly going to say the initiative here is to is to not appease the 60-year-old fan, the initiative here is to get young fans to not only play this sport, but pay attention to it long-term, Phil. I think the most important thing becomes, how do you get them? 
And right now, if you go to a nine-inning ball game, you're going to be there for a long, long time. This picks up the pace of play a lot. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and you know what? Like in the think about this too. It's the counting stat nature of baseball mm-hmm. and our obsession historically and season by season with counting stats that require the same number of games every year and the same number of innings to get the same number of at bats, which gets you the home runs, right? In basketball, we gauge performance off of per game numbers mostly. I mean, we still you know like LeBron James will wind up with these counting stat records and things, but if you're the scoring champion, it's not because you scored the most points collectively. It's because you had the most points per game. Mm-hmm. 29 points per game, 31 points per game. How many rebounds per game? In baseball, because you don't, like, there's not always guaranteed to be action in a game. Like, that's why we do counting stats. You'd never say, so and so averages X amount of, like, 0. 0.3 home runs per game. Yeah, you're right. Just like a 50 home run pace. So. We are, baseball purists are so obsessed with counting stats and record. That's why there's almost zero chance it would ever be agreed upon by all parties, players and the league and all the stakeholders, to shorten the game. Uh, because shortening the games would eliminate dozens of plate appearances for hitters over the course of a season, and you'd never have the same records being set. Jobs w- would be gone, right? I mean, you That's probably wouldn't need... Or would jobs alter? Well, I think Cots, there'd still be a 25-man roster. But Cott's point is that if you if you went to a seven-inning game, you would cut down on pitching staffs. Because you, well, well, yeah, so you, you could. wouldn't need as many guys. Or would you? Or would you just would you just be more well, liberal with your pitching changes? Because you wouldn't have I think to worry the start about covering nine innings. Of this conversation, though, needs to focus on this: the counting stats and the baseball peers who love them are dying, and this includes me. Like I don't think you'd go to a. You're dying. I don't think you'd go to a 20 year old baseball Are you fan. Okay? Well, I'm okay right now, but my point is, I don't think you'd go to a 20 year old baseball fan and be like, "Okay, you love the game. Why? Because of the counting stats." I think people want to go to the ballpark, have a good time, watch a good product, and preferably watch superstar players. So I think when, when we always get caught up in, but baseball's always been this way and the numbers are sacred and pure, that's great and that's all well and good and I appreciate that myself. But that's not the path to go down to say, how do we make this game as healthy as possible for the long term? Well, one question I would ask, because if, if, and again, this is uh, Jim Cott is the star of our Mr. Fix-It segment. He has suggested reducing games to seven innings. And I think the primary reason why you would do that is because you think games are just taking too long right now. So let's just, instead of trying to tinker with these nickel and dime remedies, like, well, let's limit mound visits, no. right? Yeah, mound but visits really, remaining. Like, but really, you're not limiting them, really. You're still giving teams six each per game. I mean, how many teams are really taking more than six mound visits outside of a playoff game? So if you really want to do something drastic, you can't visit the mound anymore unless you're going to pull a pitcher. Figure it out. You guys have... You have 18 chances between innings and before the game to meet and talk about signs and th- different things like that, just figured out on the fly. But instead of these nickel and dime reasons, but my question is, is length of game the primary reason why baseball is losing its younger audience? I think it's a reason, but I think, I think there's a lot of things think, that go into why baseball is no longer appealing to the 15 to the 20-year-old kid like it used to be in my generation, your generation. I think, la- I think length of game is a problem and also action in-game. It's got to be sped up. But actually, I, I agree with but, action in the game. I agree. But if you cut off two innings at the end, it doesn't fix the fact that those seven innings are still pretty slow paced no, and boring. No, right? but I think if you, if you worked on both ends here, it, it would present a sport that young fans would be much more inclined to watch. 
Yeah. So both things. Both things. Get more action or quicker pace, speed up the pace, but a nine-inning investment in the way the game is currently played is also a lot to ask. What if you did these three things? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw these three things out there knowing full well that almost, especially like we're broadcasting live on an AM radio signal that I get it. It's, it's largely, it's an older audience we're that prefers inning, baseball. We're a nine-inning game right now. So I get, and, and hey, I'm a baseball purist in a lot of ways too. Like yeah. baseball has been my favorite sport since I was a kid, like in the late 80s, early 90s growing up. But if you did these three things, purists be damned. They purists, we appreciate you. We're just going to gamble that despite these drastic changes, you're going to watch and we're trying to appeal to a new audience here, okay? Mm-hmm. If you went seven innings, like mm-hmm. Jim Cott says, okay. so instead of three-and-a-half-hour games, you're you're for sure keeping the games at like two-and-a-half hours or or less, mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed regular season that, that extra inning games would be, you'd expedite the, the finish, like whatever it is. Guy like in you, second, you're saying, yep, something like that. Just in the regular season to make, make it yes. so that, like, because it's six months, games every night. Like, like hockey. Let's, let's get snappy here, right? Yep. Let's, I don't want to have to worry about taking my kid to a game and the nine innings doesn't end till 10.30 and now there's extras like, let's let's know, you're done by 9.15, 9.30, right? Yes. So those two things. K-Zone replaces traditional umpiring and you tighten that bad boy so that action is taking place here. Like, hitters are putting the bat on the ball and, and I, this could go one of two ways. Like, it could just result in a lot of walks because pitchers are nibbling, but, or, and, or, you do the Judd Zolgad plan of reducing shifting to the point where, like... Illegal shifts. You, yep. You 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 have to keep three fielders, outfield and infield included, yep. on each side of second base. And thus, offense is more opened up. So, the games are going to be snappier. All right. Because it's only seven innings. Yep. And then within those seven innings, there's there's just more batted balls, and there's more hits, and there's more action churning. So, it's like when you tune in, you're more likely to see something happen. Mm-hmm. A fly ball to the outfield isn't just hit into five fielders, right? Did you see the shift that was put on? Him, um, yeah. Who was the hitter? Was it, it wasn't Lomo? Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. The other day from the Astros and Rangers. I've been like, seeing more. Like, I, I don't like these. Like Joey, the, the shift that the Astros put on Joey Gallo, there was one fielder to the left of second base, and it was the left fielder. Everybody else was to the right of second base and just like piled up into shallow yeah. right field. Which again, like if you're Which Joey I don't Gallo. Like. But purists are going to say, tough luck. But what and, I'm, I, and I'm kind of in that camp. But what, what I'm, I'm saying is the purists, baseball knows this, or they should. The purists are not going to drive their sport long term. Let's pause here. Let's come back here in just a second. If you have thoughts on this, seven and Jim, Jim Cott. Jim Cott is a baseball purist. Five o'clock t- tomorrow with Patrick, by the way, too. Yes. He'll be on. He wants to reduce games to seven innings. 651 646 8255 877 615 1500. Mackie and Judd now continue. Prepare to be dabbled. On 1500 ESPN. All right. This is, I like this. Jim Cott, Mr. Fix It for baseball here. Yep. What I like about Jim Cott bringing up the seven innings thing, you can't, because he's 79. Jim Cott pitched in the 60s. 1959, he broke in. He broke in in the 50s. Yes. Jim Cott broke in during the Korean War, for God's sake. Yep. So you can't. You can't just say, "Oh, you young people are trying to ruin our game." This is Jim Cott who brought this up. Mm-hmm. He would he would reduce baseball games to seven innings, and I think the the crux here is like if baseball for the last twenty years has been increasingly less popular among younger people, and times are changing, and attention spans are shorter, what can they do? 
to try and get some of that back. We're going to get to some calls on this here, too. You and I would entertain things, for sure, as like diehard baseball fans. I think you absolutely have to. One argument, I know, like I've seen this from people tweeting in, that like football games sometimes, especially college football games, can be three and a half or four hours. And the difference there is people are pretty conditioned to just commit themselves to that one day a week or Saturday, Sunday. You know what? Like, I'm going to watch football on the weekend. I'm going to watch football all day, Saturday and Sunday. It's once a week. And uh, and once in a while, like, it'll be a weeknight or something. But with baseball, it's 162 of those games, and they're three-plus hours each. So I understand why time of game or pace is much more important when you're when you're talking about the volume of games. Cot says says the league's pace of play rules are not enough. Quote a little blip on the screen. Yeah, and, it's and, and that's diamond. the important thing because you get diamond. people now saying, "Well, baseball's trying. Baseball's trying." I'm talking about the long health of this game. I'm yeah. not talking about trying. I'm not talking about trying to morph it into a product that I'll like more. I'm talking about take it to a product that's going to be popular for years to come. Yeah, just to clarify the stance here. Like, the, the, or at least the lens through which we're viewing this, we're just we're saying if baseball deems that its popularity is decreasing because the games just take too long and are too slow paced, how do you fix that? Mm-hmm. How do you take that off the board as being a problem? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Rick, you're on Mackie and Judd. Good morning. Say, I totally agree with uh, shifting people around. I'm a flex plan ticket holder. Actually, going to tonight's game and tomorrow. And I haven't made it to the end of the game in two years. But another thing that is very annoying is when they uh, continually throw over to first base like the guy's going to steal because they're just waiting. They're warming up their pitcher in the bullpen, and we'll throw over on Joe Maurer 12 times because he's such a base-stealing threat. And it just brings the game to a halt. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Let's roll a couple of these. By the way, uh, Town Ball Tuesday's tweets in. Ah. Just turned on 1500 ESPN at the wrong time. Mackie and Judd proposing dumbing baseball down again. No, dude. This is Jim Cott. Yep. Jim Cott is proposing seven innings. Jeff, you're on the show. Yeah, hey, I just wanted to bring up um, the fact that maybe these stat heads and all these new uh, people that are in the front office now are micromanaging these guys instead of letting the players just play the game at their pace. Go up there, see ball, hit ball. Don't take 18 pitches. If you see your pitch, hit it. Don't wait for a certain count. You know they are making it boring now. They're you know now they got the shifts. You know the the pitching coach or the manager's got to go out there and make sure he brings in a lefty against the lefty, even though the right hander might be you know just cruising. I mean, just sometimes it's almost like there's too much micromanaging. As I wonder, if sometimes ain't the problem, and it's going on in all the sports. I so, mean, so Jeff, the same way with systems and everything else. And I, Jeff, I don't even I'm not even going to disagree with. That. I'll just say like. Let's say you're right that there is just there's so much more strategy in micromanaging. That's not really a viable solution because players are going to say, "Well, wait a second, like I take pitches so that my on-base percentage goes up and I get paid more." And and GMs will say, "Well, we shift in order to prevent hitters from getting hit so we can win more." Like it's it's not a solution really to say, "Guys, let's speed this thing up. Let's stop." Well, unless unless you mandate that you can't shift as aggressively. Well, they did it in basketball. I don't know basketball that well, but it seems to me that they changed certain defenses in yep. basketball you can't do. And, and, and that. And if you want more excitement in the game, you're, you're letting the managers in the box, I guess what I'm saying, is, is they're playing the game yep. when they don't have the talent. I'd just rather see the players play the game up there. If Dozier sees a fastball, I don't care what the count is, hit it. You Jeff, know? thank you for the phone Jeff's call. best point is this, pitching changes. Limit them. 
Yeah, hitters. By the way, like limit them. Hitters are hitters are strategically going deep into counts. Number one, they they just want to see more pitches so that they can get a better feel for what the pitchers are doing. Uh, but number two, if they can get into a situation where it's like two and one or three and one, they can more accurately predict a where the pitch might be so they can get a hit or hit a home run. Or B, they can sort of like tunnel one spot of the plate and say, "All right, until I get to two strikes, I'm only looking in this one spot." Yeah. So but- it's 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 strategy. Uh, let's see here. We got Pat in Golden Valley. Why don't you chime in, Pat? Hey, uh, Judd just actually mentioned the uh, biggest problem with this. I don't. I love Jim Cott, but I don't think it would limit the number of pitchers. I think uh, the yes. fact that you only have to play seven innings means you, means you need less bench, and you would still have thirteen pitchers. <laughs> and uh, the starters uh, would say, "Come on, buddy, go out there and give me three. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then after that, it would be uh, left, right, left, right, right. You're right. So, you, you, so uh, you know, Pat's 100% right. You, you, you would just you have them. pitching changes would be more aggressive. I agree. Like, Pat, instead of using instead of using six pitchers in nine innings, you just use six pitchers in seven innings. Yes, yes, that's, that's I guess, what I'm saying. That's the, To me, that's the big concern. And, and the other thing I said to Judd the other day, Phil, is what's wrong with eight? Try eight. Why does it have to be an odd number? Eight innings. Try eight. Try eight and see if that works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why is it like? Why is it always? An I don't know. Because it's baseball. Uh, <laughs> Darn it! Yeah, I mean, that's if, how we do if, it. If you if you play eight, you've now limited it by twenty minutes, right? You've taken twenty minutes off. That's enough, right? Yeah. But I, I and then you might have to use your starters a little longer, and then you might not have the parade of relief pitchers. And the trouble with limiting the number of relief pitchers is. So I've used my limit, and now I have to have a, let a guy out there give up nine runs because he doesn't have anything, you know, because Tyler Kinley can't get anybody out. Or like he's got a frayed labrum, but oh, you can't take him out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think there's. A, I think it's a great concept that you would have more bench players and fewer pitchers, but I think it would be, you know, maybe you, maybe you only let them have 12 pitchers on the roster, you know, if you're going to do this. Maybe and that's... Good- and good teams might only have one guy that they would pinch hit for, anyways. So, like, yeah. of course, they're going to stack their their pitching. Yeah, I think you would just see more pitching changes, not fewer. That's that's my theory, anyway. How about our guy Tiger Pat? Oh, here Ooh. we go. Although I will say, I've never seen the TPC play that easy. It was they, pretty bad. They, yeah, I mean, it was pretty moist. But yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he was hitting it close and hitting it in the hitting it in the fairway with his uh, with his uh, woods too. Although that driving iron uh, that they're all using now is changing golf too. Uh, when they get to Carnoustie in Britain, they're all going to hit that off the uh, off the tee and let it run fifty yards down the fairway, sixty yards down the fairway, and they won't be hitting it in those weeds anymore. So that driving iron is changing golf. Yeah. Where's the fun with that? That's no fun, Pat. No, I know you want. I want fun. Trouble. I want failure. Want Judd, I don't know. Judd still, uh, Judd still clinging to his Tiger's Cook take. By the way, well, I'll tell you this: the seventeenth hole is the greatest marketing scam in the history <laughs> of American sports. Don't you think? I mean, what makes this tournament interesting? The seventeenth hole. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with with the people. That aren't golf people, you know what what dri- drives them in? It's the seventeenth hole, and I'm not complaining about it. I think it's great, but it, it, it's 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 basically branded that golf course. It's also not nearly as hard of a shot as like oh. like those guys are. 
Unless there's a 20-mile-an-hour crosswind. Yes. Now, for you and me, okay, that's just to get it on that island green is tough, but not for but the ne- 20 best players in the world. Next year, it's going back to March, and you've been in Florida enough in March to know the wind blows all the time, so maybe it'll be maybe that course will be difficult. To That'll get. be fun. Yep. All okay. right. Anyway, I don't. I, I will have an interesting discussion with God about this tomorrow at 5.03. Awesome. That is a 28-hour teaser hey, right there from Pat. Love it. That was a good job. Let's take a couple more here, Howard. Jim Cott's trying to change baseball. Don't pick on us. This is Jim Cott here. He wants to go seven innings. He's 80 years old. Or thereabouts. Chancy, you're on the show. Okay, guys. Uh, I appreciate the efforts here, but I have a, a criticism on one of these ideas here. I am not in favor of eliminating the shift or the, the ability teams to shift on batters. And I, I guess I bring this from the perspective of when you watch other sports. I mean, if you're in the NBA, it would be the equivalent of telling whoever's trying to guard James Harden that he's not allowed to try and make him go right. You have to play James Harden straight up. Well, they actually they do prevent you from playing zone defenses in the NBA. Correct, but I still think there's an element of there's a difference between a zone defense, you know, a totally illegal. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Or having the one-on-one player say this guy has a tendency that he wants to go this direction, and I'm going to play my defense to uh, a counter that or. It'd be also like in the NFL, if, if you're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, them saying, you must play your base defense at all times. You know they like to throw the ball a lot, but you are not allowed to have the nickel defense. You must have three linebackers on the field because that's the rule. We right. want to increase scoring. Well, and I just I, I go against that, in, that it takes away strategy and scouting, and I, I'm not in favor of but that. Do but you I, really I got need... one positive idea for you guys, too. Well, give your positive yeah. idea. Yep. Go ahead. If a game, and I'm not an alcoholic, but this might sound like it, but if a game is to go to extra innings, well, that's okay. The, the bars should be reopened in the tenth inning, and everybody gets a chance to buy one more beer. Well, no, that is the bar. The bars, if if you go seven, the bars don't close until the game is done. So we we get rid of this this arbitrary rule oh, that baseball well, came up with the, they that we're going to close. Not, no, no, they, they close after seven. Now I, I believe. Yeah, the but I'm saying field. like if the games no, are only no, seven, saying, you no, they close shouldn't. them in the fifth. No, 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 no. It, you bought the beer is sold through the end of the game. We go back to the old wait, wait. school days. Why can't okay? Well, like why fine, don't they just serve know. beer till the game's over? Like and if you if you get pulled over, that's it's your probably fault. Probably because I'm mad. Pro- probably. Yeah, Chancy. Yeah, ahead. I'm totally fine with that too. I mean, it's right now. I think they stop at the seventh inning, you they know, do. to prevent drinking and driving, which I totally understand. But yeah. if you're going to sit there for a 14-hour game, the least you could do is uh, get one more summer shandy to suffer through. I'm exactly. With you. Right. I'm with and you. summer shandy is not even that high in this alcohol. This is a small but... fix, but yes, yeah, thanks, Chancy. It would get done. Okay, on the zone. Actually, the more he was explaining it, the more like a zone defense in the NBA and a shift in baseball are almost the exact same they thing, are. right? They you are. can just sort and of make football, your defense this amoeba. That... And, in, and in football, the rules are already so geared to make the offenses and quarterbacks successful that that's not, not a parallel to me. It's not a problem. Like, you, yeah. can play, you, you can play a nickel against the pass, but guess what? If I grab you off the, the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a penalty. If I interfere with your ability to catch the ball, where it's jump the shark to me is when, when you have... When you have um, four outfielders, do you really need? Does that really need to be in, in the game? Where if your guy is, is, where I can send my third baseman or shortstop to left field? See, that's where it's gotten to me to be too much. Yeah, I think, and, and obviously, if I'm defending the shift as a concept, which like I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence about this because I think it should be on hitters. You're a professional hitter. Figure out how to put a ball on the left field line. Like Go inside out with your swing if that's a big problem. Because at some point, if you're a left-handed hitter, 
and you and you're a one trick pony. If you're Joey Gallo, Logan Morrison, those guys are just gonna those guys are gonna it's gonna be natural selection, and those guys are not gonna be in the league anymore. And and I, I would say now more than ever because teams are so aggressive with their shifting, the ability to hit the ball hard to all fields is more valuable now than ever, right? Yeah, I'd agree so with those that. Those guys are just going to naturally die out of the league here. Let's take a couple more on this here. Dave, you're on the show. Hey, guys. I was just calling in. <clears throat> I uh, I think a lot of the points raised are great with the pitching changes and everything else. That still is an issue that's going to drag his games out. But really, I just was calling in to comment. I'm a big baseball guy. I love nine innings. I've always been a stats guy. And for me, that's great. But I'll tell you, you know, my daughter plays fast pitch, and those games are seven innings. And having you know gotten used to watching that now, the excitement won't be diminished if we switch to a seven-inning game. People will just adapt. You'll start to have that same vibe in the fifth, sixth. If it's close, you start to get like, oh, here we go. Can we come back in two innings? It really doesn't matter whether it's the sixth and seventh or the eighth and ninth. I think a lot of it's just going to be huge changes, it said, for these stats guys and the old school folks. But if that's going to really speed up the game and, you know, with some of the other touches you're talking about, the excitement of the game within, you know, two, three seasons, people will adapt, and I think everyone would move on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they, people would eventually adapt for sure because it happened. I mean, I keep pointing out the example of the NBA, which literally painted a new line on the court. Yep. And I'm sure there were basketball purists in and the early what? 80s that were like, exciting. you can't just paint a new line on the court, and Larry Bird's like, People, Damn right we can. C- current fans would would adapt, but the most important thing is, I think you would get a new group of fans saying, this is better, and start watching it. Victor's been on hold. Victor, you're on the Mackie and uh, Judd show. Yeah, um, I, I, but, but they, I would make a, a collection of more smaller changes. I remember one year, this goes back a lot, Carl Yersprensky run the batting title deal, but he batted 301. He was the only batter that hit over 300 that year. And one of the things they did was lower the pitching mound, which was quite a bit higher in his day they could they could do things to as football is done to promote offense you could you could favor theirs because the pitchers are out in front of the hitters now uh, and for the most part and batting averages and you know are all that kind of stuff are falling off and then i would i would say that this, I, i'm not a big fan of the shift i think you should have two two infielders on either side of second base or a line a line that runs from home plate through second base yep um and um uh and then i think I would also insist the relief pitcher, absent injury, has to pitch to two batters. This whole idea of bringing a guy in for one and another guy in and having three or four pitching changes in the inning, I think you have to pitch just to two batters uh, when, you, when you come in. And that would, I think, eliminate a lot of this very specialized uh, changes. Uh, the, that, uh, but I would also put on a pitch clock um, uh, also just to say, just to keep, keep, keep the game moving, keep the game moving, moving along. And... Uh, I think that that would. I'm not. I'm not kind of neutral on the seven inning versus nine inning games, uh, but uh, I do think that there's lots of little things you could do that would, I think, rather dramatically change things as, as they had to. But when Carlos Trenton ran when he was only three, when the batting title, when you win the batting title with the batting average of three hundred one, and you're the only guy to hit three hundred. Sixty eight, right? You know, you're in trouble. Yeah, and they, for sure. And they made they made quite a, quite a few changes. And I think you should just sort of systematically bias the game in favor of the hitters because that's what that's what uh, we you know that's. <laughs> You know, that's the excitement of baseball is when the ball gets hit. <laughs> yeah, Victor, thank Pitch you. Pitch clock is coming. You know what's crazy Pitch about clock is coming. Like his point that pitchers are ahead of hitters. This is the crazy thing. The batting averages are at an all-time generational low. In fact, so so right now the league batting average is two forty-six. It's down ten points from last year. Yep. But run scoring isn't really down. And home runs are up. So it's like 
home runs are up. But batting and average. And runs are like, like home runs have right. taken the place, extra home runs have taken the place of all the other offensive productivity. Right. But run scoring has kind of just remained the same. It's just a different way of scoring runs. The last time Where the are, league, hold on, the last yeah. time the league batting average was below 250. You got to go back to 1972. Where are walks at? Uh, because guys, the roof. Walks right. are, because guys work counts so aggressively now to get on base and then get guys hit home runs that the runs are still going to be really high. Actually, walks are walks were higher in the steroid era in 1999 and right. 2000. Other than that, they're like registering near the peak of where they've been. Right. Strikeouts are at an all-time high. Home runs because guys at an work counts high. now so aggressively. Crazy triples are at an all-time low. Because we're just here to hit bombs. Yeah, we're not. We're not here to necessarily make contact unless that contact is long contact. All right, Dave. What kind of is questions ready? Uh, sorry, wait, questions has been warming up the bullpen for a long time now. Hopefully, we didn't. Questions is fine. Questions is doing just fine. Right. Rubber questions. arm on questions. We're going to fix <laughs> baseball. We're going to fix other sports and talk a little sports gambling as well. Cool. Let's talk about TCL TV here for a second. First, though. Uh, it's 4K picture quality, it, which is four times the standard 1080p high-def TV that you probably have in your living room. You've got 4,000 built-in streaming channels with the Roku device, which is built into the TV. And there's all kinds of publications, credible publications, USA Today, CNET, uh, Wired, raving about TCL TV, specifically the P-Series TV, calling it the best TV in the world, the best smart TV in the world. Uh, you've got all these top entertainment brands, even like the Ellen DeGeneres show that has jumped on board with TCL. It's America's fastest growing TV brand, and there's a reason why it's the third largest TV manufacturer and distributor in the world right now. And it's maybe a brand that you hadn't heard a whole lot about until a few years ago. Well, jump on board, jump on the TCL bandwagon by stopping into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, or you can visit TCLUSA.com to find out more. It's Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey. You called him the little guy. I don't know why you have to pick on his physical appearance. Huh? I don't. He's a good-looking guy. Judd Zolgad. Grumpy SOB. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan. Let's get those oh, more dead birds. It's that season. They're oh, this all, is unfortunate. All back in town now. This is an unfortunate occurrence. All these poor birds dying because of our football stadium. <laughs> okay, Dave. Thing is a monster. <laughs> I'm sorry to upset you like this. I hate to see you like this. Not before please. questions. Let's start with this. I've written down a handful of ways that have been either come out of my head or emails we've gotten over the past couple segments or things that people have mentioned, ways to fix baseball, whether it be pace of play or just to make the game more interesting. I'm going to go through these one by one, and I just need a quick quick little yes, you're in favor of no, or no, you don't like that idea at all as far as fixing baseball. If you'd like to expand a little bit, feel free, but Judd, don't be long-winded. Are you ready? <laughs> Thanks for picking on me. You're very welcome. <laughs> Number one, I've gotten this call a couple times already in the past uh, half hour and many emails it's no longer four balls and three strikes. It's three balls and two strikes. Yay or nay? Oh, my gosh. Um, yay. And I'll tell you, because it's 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 something that, like, it's not fundamentally changing stats, really. Maybe, maybe like, strikeouts go up because it's easier to get one, but it wouldn't change. That's a really good one. Yay. Yay for me. You're in? Right. Yes. 
How about, uh, we've talked about this before, the re-entry rule like you have in high school. You can pull a starter out for Yay. a sub and put the starter back in. I used in. to hate this. Yay now. Speed it up. Speed it up. Yay. Get, get catchers off the bleeping base paths so that they don't spend half an hour in the dugout putting their precious little shin guards on. Yay. Sure. Yes. This isn't the courtesy runner rule, but fine. Okay. Re-entry those. Um, limiting pitching changes. Say you get five per game or whatever it is. Four. I don't know. Nay, it's too hard to police. Guys are going to fake injuries. Too hard to police. Yay, absolutely. Love it. How, how, would, you, how would you police it, though? If, I, if I, you I, talk I, back to me, you're ejected. So if you get mad, I eject you, but I don't okay. understand. How about this? You limit <laughs> pitching changes. I'm ejecting a lot of people. Through the rules of the game, you limit the amount of pitchers on a staff. So that you're forced to go with a guy for like two innings. Um, mm-hmm. I like that better than in-game limiting pitching. I mean, oh, my arm hurts. Oh, like, I'm, like you're an umpire going to tell me that my arm doesn't hurt? Yeah, to both. No, yeah. keep pitching. You guys are loving this stuff. Loving all these ideas. Uh, I'm expanding the strike zone. I'm trying to figure out does that if that that would certain, that help? It would, it would speed the game up, and that hitters would be forced to swing more often, which is why I like starting. Just force action. Johnny was in here. Johnny Hyatt was in here during the break, and we were t- so he has a bunch of he has old school baseball games in his collection. He's a huge baseball geek, and he was watching a World Series game from 57. Like fifty years ago. Fifty seven. Fifty seven. Where guys just swung the bat. Guys swung the bat fifty years. ago. They did ago. that when, when I was a kid, though. There are the the number one problem that in terms of pace of play. That baseball, it's going to be really hard to solve unless you come up with some mechanism to force action. There's just like 30 to 50 more pitches combined being thrown in a game now compared to 50 years ago. It seems like the Yankees and and Red Sox especially 15 years back or so started this thing of work counts. Just sure. work counts, work counts, work counts. And and I I recall seeing the time of games of those games and thinking my God, I'm glad that the Twins don't do this. Everyone does it now. I believe, nay, nay to what you just said, because if I go to, if I, I speed the bat up by going three balls or two strikes, okay. then I don't think I need to do both of them. Here's my wackiest idea to make baseball more interesting. Two designated fielders, say you've got a light-hitting shortstop and catcher, they're not part of the batting order. You limit the batting order. Instead of nine hitters, it is a seven-player batting order. In, totally in, makes the game more fun. The The problem that purists are going to have is now, okay, now guys are going to get more plate appearances because the batting order is shorter and counting stats are going to go up. Oh, I have to see Trout one more time per game. But isn't that oh, funny? Like literally, shoot. but like to your point, and that's hilarious because baseball purists, instead of saying, oh, we get to see John Carlos stand well, six times ideas. in a game instead of four, they hate that's it, yeah. awesome. You're going to lament the fact that, oh, but it's going to screw up all the numbers. Yeah, but like you get to see, forget about Ira Adrianza screwing up on the base pass. Like he's just going to be a Don't you enjoy his at bats? You know, it's the at bats. The at bats are annoying, not as much as the base running, for God's sake. <laughs> I, I need more time with this rule. I need more thought. I need to give it more thought. Is that the last one? That's the last one. Uh, that's that's what that's my brilliance uh, of the last 20 minutes. Came up with that one. Uh, question number two. Aside from baseball, pick another sport or activity that needs to be shortened. And in how, uh, which way would you do it? In what way would you do it? Well, don't cricket matches take like a week and a half? They can. Well, there's Depending some, on the type of cricket the, match. Yeah, the, there's two types. There's the long, long, long one and then the shortened up still long one. Where they still break for lunch and tea. 
Yeah. I don't know if college football games need to take four hours. I don't know if we need to be stopping the clock on every first down no, inside two it's minutes or four minutes. It's an archaic idea. It's stupid. I would stop stopping the clock on first downs in college football. Uh, you know what? Hockey people are going to hate this, but I think part of, of the issue with the sport... <laughs> Just start with a shootout. ...is three periods. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious here. I think part That's, of the issue is now. three periods. So I think hockey, hockey looked at this in the 70s. I think if you could find a way, and this would probably take shortening the game up itself, but to go to a halftime, so you play the first half, like basketball. And people who who like the sport are going to say, that's stupid, that's stupid. But I think you would actually start to attract more fans if you didn't have two breaks. So go to a go to a format that gives you one break. That's not honed, but a thought. Let's... uh. Third question on the other side Ooh. of this. Mm, I like expanding. Question. Expanding questions. Uh, the Chris Lindahl team is solving problems. You want to talk about solving problems. How about solving cellophobia, which can be defined as the fear of selling your home because you don't think you're going to be able to find one to buy or that you're going to have to move twice because homes are selling so fast right now. It's a, it's a good and a bad problem in that your home sells quickly, especially if you're working with the Chris Lindahl team. Mine sold in three hours, by the way about a year and change ago. Uh, but you don't want to be rushed into buying a home that you don't love, so it can be kind of a dance. Well, the Chris Lindahl team is tapping into artificial intelligence to help sellers find homes that aren't listed on the MLS. The truth is there are thousands more homes available than you think when you just go online and search the old-fashioned way. The Chris Lindahl team will help you find exclusive homes that only are available to the Chris Lindahl team and you can get over that cellophobia and feel good about putting your home on the market today. You don't have to uh, go back and live with the parents or anything like that. Uh, Chris Lindahl is America's number one REMAX results team, and you can find the website at chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K, or 763-401-SOLD. Becky and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Becky and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. Get your tickets now to see Minnesota United taking on Sporting KC this Sunday, 1 o'clock. Kickoff time at TCF Bank Stadium. Head to MNUFC.com to purchase your tickets. My club. We got the whole office buzzing right now. We got Pat in here, Johnny Hyatt. Everyone's buzzing. And about I got soccer takes for the Tuesday show. I got soccer takes coming your way. Didn't get to that. It's no. Right. Four hours wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. No, no, no. But I am hot about some things. I love the fixing baseball topic because everybody's an expert. And here's what you should do. <laughs> I got the answer. I'm a ball guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But it's fun. It is true. Uh, we've got, you know what? Let's take Tom's been on hold. But before we get to question three That's here, fine. Tom's been on hold. Let's do it real quick. Hey, Tom. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment on the gentleman's uh, analogy to basketball, which I thought was brilliant. Um, I'm a baseball traditionalist, and I haven't been wild about the shift, but after hearing his point, I, I, I can't argue it. Now, to use his analogy, if you overplay Harden's left hand, um, what can he do? Well, he can just challenge that, or he can go to his right hand, or he can take his little his step-back jumper. Yep. My point being, in baseball, defense is the only – is the only part of the game that obviously made the shift, but the offenses aren't really doing anything to challenge it. It's not until the offenses really start to to make the defense pay for playing the shift that something will happen, and I think that will eventually happen because 
we're talking about winning and losing, but the offenses really haven't responded to the defenses playing putting on the shift. Yeah, but That's I, a great point. I think I think they have though, and he, here's how the the attempt to uh, hit home runs has become such Thanks, Tom. that if you shift against me, I still think okay, my, my offensive out here is to hit a home run. And so the issue with that then though is I work the count as deep as I can to look for my pitch and and odds are good that I'll, I'll still strike out. So I I think the counter to the shift is what we're seeing, but all of that helps delay the game more, not speed it up. I think but the, you know in every sport in every in every matchup in every like in golf, okay? Well, courses are longer. Well, then the counter punch is I need to find 15 extra yards on my tee shot or a different club or whatever. In boxing, like okay, this opponent is doing this to me. I need to I need to counter by doing this. And in baseball, at some point, with teams being so willing to go to put seven fielders on one side of second base, like the Astros did, or six of them, I guess, the counter punch isn't going to be that left-handed power hitter figuring out how to hit a ball to left field. Like the ship has kind of sailed if you're 27 years old or 30 years old and you've just been swinging a certain way. The counter punch is going to be. Younger hitters and organizations looking for guys who aren't just straight pull hitters in today's game. Like, even Josh Willingham, he's a right-handed guy, so it's a little bit different in the way that you would play that strategically because you're not going to move your first baseman that far away from first base in case there's a ground ball. Like, he has right. to stand over there. But but even a few years ago when the Twins had straight pull Josh Willingham, teams were shading a little bit. But this is so this is so much more extreme. Ted Williams was kind of the first... Real and extreme. He got by Boudreaux, yes. Right. So, anyways, we can do this all days. The whole, the whole office is buzzing about this discussion, though. It's a great conversation. Baseball. Dave's got question number three for us. Yeah, rest of the world is buzzing about the Supreme Court today and the ruling on sports gambling. States will be able to figure it out themselves, get some books together. So let's just say sometime in the near future... We've got a brand new sports book opening right up in your neighborhood. Nice, convenient drive. Heck, maybe you can even walk. Nice and convenient. No problem getting there. My question is, do you think you'd spend some quality time down there? And if so, <laughs> what would be the way you'd try to find some money? I'm afraid I, I would. I don't do pull tabs. I don't like gambling as a rule, but if I had a sports book with multiple TVs and could go in and bet and watch games, I think I might be in trouble. What would you bet on? I would bet on, uh, that's my problem. I'd bet on football. I'd probably, I'd, I don't know how to bet on baseball, but I'd probably start. A lot of, a lot of smart baseball gamblers tell you that prob- until recently, umpire and pitcher tandems yeah. are the ones that you should look I'd for. I'd probably start on that. I might bet on some basketball. I might be a complete mess. <laughs> so everything I, we got. I might it. be That's a complete great. derelict. All right, you're just listing sports now. <laughs> I, I would bet on golf, but I would be more discreet than this gentleman. I'm going to, I'm going to read this, uh, this, this message from our guy, Nick Peters, golf guy at Boulder Point. Ken Venturi, long time, old school, yeah. right? Great golfer, mysteriously had a hand injury that ended his career in somewhat of his prime. No one understood it. Turns out he owed some dudes a lot of gambling debt. He didn't pay in time. He was working at a driving range and was out picking up golf balls. The guy showed up, tracked him down, and broke all of his fingers and knuckles with a ball-peen hammer. Like casino. 100% truth. They could hear his screams of pain while it happened. Back then, even the best players had side jobs to make money. 
That's a hell of a gambling story, even better than why Phil Mickelson plays Callaway for life and then switched them abruptly before a Ryder Cup. I don't know what that story is, but Nick, please do tell. How about that? Ken Venturi with a ball-peen hammer? Didn't know. I didn't know. It could be you. That's why That's why you don't bet. Rich. That's why I don't bet. On, but if, if I had a sports book, I'd have to pay them immediately so that there wouldn't be a problem there. So I could do it and then just become a derelict and check into a re- rehab clinic and take some time off, which the company would have to pay for. This is not a bad road I'm going down. <laughs> I'm going down like a month vacation for which I'd be paid. Thanks, Dave. Thanks You're a lot. Welcome. I'm sure Don will thank you too. Wouldn't be the first the time in this industry. <laughs> the dog and Don would be very happy. All right. See you guys tomorrow. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota. So little time.